It's great to see everyone. It has been absolutely a joy to be here in Florida. Uh, by the way, uh, in Ottawa, it's six degrees. And that's a little different than it is here. But it is, you know, if we're not part of a family, and if it's not about relationships, then it's ultimately not about anything. And I can say just being with Tony and William and Andrew uh, just a couple days ago and just spending time with them, and honestly, it was just such a sweet disposition to spend time together. It doesn't hurt to win either. And, um, but uh, it was really, really great to be able to spend some time together. And uh, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for setting this up. Uh, but before I go into the meat of my sermon, just so great to have some Canadians here. Uh, two of my very best friends are here this morning, and we are very, very excited. Um, I, I said to Rav and Sinead, you know you didn't have to come all the way here to hear me preach, but, uh, but it's great to see you guys. And, but I want to take this moment as well to acknowledge uh, that, you know, I've had a chance to spend some time with Tony in the recent past. And let me just say, you guys are blessed beyond measure, uh, really, to have such an awesome man of God who has great vision for the work here. And I, I know there are times that we can have an obligatory statement of saying, you know, um, uh, somebody invited you and, and say nice things about the minister here, but I can say it truly as I have now, I'm entering my 36th year as a Christian. Um, I got baptized when I was three. Um, but uh, uh, but uh, to, to, to talk with him and to see the vision that he has and the passion uh, that he has about the Lord's mission, it is truly, truly an honor. And of course, for me, um, one of my kids live in Florida. And so I'm going to be able, you're going to see me quite a bit as I come to escape uh, uh, the winter there from Ottawa. We bring you greetings from the Ottawa Church. Uh, we are very, very excited. Ottawa is the nation's capital in Canada, and we are really, really thrilled to be in partnership with you this morning. It's the Christmas season. You know, depending how long, of course, you've been on this earth, there are times that you have spent with different feelings. This is something that we have done for so many years. And at times it can become routine. There are a lot of things in life that we do with such a degree of frequency that we actually, it becomes routine, and dare I say, even mundane. And so people like me, one of our goals is to awaken in you a wonderment. To not be sucked in in whatever stream or line we may fall in in this season. And to grasp why time is measured by this man's birth. Why we sing songs and we say, 
Let us all come and adore him. Why we sing a reflective song when Mary, I love that song, Mary, did you know that when you kiss your baby boy, you kiss the face of God? Did you know the boy that you delivered will one day deliver you? And that's not just a song that we that we sing in our hearts and our minds, but indeed that we will come just like the Magi and travel miles and, and to pay homage and to even worship. It's easy. It's easy to fall into the trap. And so people like me one of our goals is to shake us a little bit, to awaken us a little bit, to be in awe of this baby boy. And so, in order for us to do that, I will head into the scriptures and, uh, and talk a little bit about his birth and how it, when it happened, and of course, when it was foretold. You know, the title of my sermon this morning, if it has a title, it is Good News and Great Joy. Good News and Great Joy. Now, if someone were to come and say to you today that, man, we have not only found the solution to this COVID-19 and all its variants, and we don't have to wear masks anymore. We don't have to worry about social distancing. Man, we can go back to some degree of normalcy. Man, that would be great news. If someone would come and say, man, I have got the solution to end the racial tension in our world, not only in our nation. We'll say, man, that is great news. If we as a society could understand what a treasure women are, that they are not second-class citizens, and gender equality was not something that we have to fight for. And we actually can bring that to fruition. We'll say that's great news. But I put before you today, this good news and great joy is even beyond. It's pandemic proof. It travels in every single season. Every single season. And so we'll take a few minutes and stir our hearts this morning as we examine when Mary kissed her baby boy that she kissed the face of God. 
And we pick it up in, in Luke chapter 1. And so Luke decides to talk about this story in verses 26 to 33 that says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, when an angel comes to you and says those things, it's got to perk your interest, would it not? And so, the next statement seems rather obvious. It says this. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? You know, that's, <coughs> that's one of the goals that I have is to, is to say, let's spend the next few minutes and let's focus our minds and our hearts. Lunch is going to be there when we're done. And let's not get ritualistic about this Christmas. Mary was greatly troubled. And then it says in verse 30, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. I love this next description. He will be great. And we be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendant forever. His kingdom will never end. Now that's great news. You see Israel had been under oppression. The Romans had been oppressing the Israelites. This had been going on for years and decades, actually over a century. And the idea that we're not going to be subject to the Romans anymore would sound like sweet music. If tomorrow there was news and you trusted it. That's another discussion for another time. <laughs> or some governmental agency comes up <coughs> with a declaration, and provided that that governmental agency is trustworthy. Do we hear this great news that we don't have to wear that mask anymore? That someone doesn't have to take a stick, and go that deep where water is running from my eyes. This would be great news. So Mary gets this. I want you to think here for a second. Mary gets this great news. What? Are you serious? So we continue in chapter 2. In chapter 2, in verse 8, and so she gets this great news. Her, her, um, her, sis, uh, her cousin, 
Jesus' cousin is going to be born to a woman who was not supposed to have a child. A lot of crazy stuff that are happening. And so we pick it up in, in chapter 2, verse 8. Okay, we fast forward. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news that will cause great joy. I don't know anybody who can't use some good news. I don't know anybody who can't do with some joy in their life. And the challenge for us, wherever we are in this story, be it if we were close to Jesus and the angel appeared to us, or if it was Mary's soon-to-be husband, Joseph, who heard about her, his wife becoming pregnant. Or the Magi, and we think it was three because they brought three gifts, but it's not necessarily three, who traveled afar to come and present gifts to this baby boy, or wherever we're at. There's some of this morning that have been doing this for so long that it has become routine. And we're more worried about buying gifts for someone that we know that this gift, is it, we're asking ourselves rather, is this gift good enough? We're more concerned about the budget. We're more concerned about what are we going to cook for dinner? And we've lost the idea of stopping whatever we're doing and understand why this is such good news. Understand why this will bring about great joy. But the angel in verse 10 says, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I want to ask you wherever you are in your journey, That if you're just curious and you're tuning in this morning and you're just scrolling through, is this the Christmas? 
Is this the Christmas that you have the reaction that the shepherds had while they were out in the field? Let's go and see this thing. Let's go and see what this commotion is all about. Why people give their lives up for this? What is it? I know it's not about the tree that has lights on it. Because I've seen many of those. I know it can't be about the sale at Macy's or Bloomingdale's or Apple. But I want, I want to find out that you are curious enough. You're curious enough to say, let's go and see this thing. That has happened. You know, I love, I don't have time to, to do this this morning, but by the way, one of the things I love about, just to give you a snapshot about this God that we serve. A little later on, after the boy, Jesus, was born, there was purification rites that needed to be taken place after a boy, a baby is born. And usually the purification rites has you had to offer a sacrifice of a lamb. But the Bible tells us that Mary and Joseph could not afford a lamb. Or rather they only could afford a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Think about this for a moment. That that was what you were supposed to offer as purification rites. And God says, listen, I will take whatever you've got to offer. I know this is what I said. But two doves and a pigeon will do instead. Maybe that's where your faith is at today. Maybe you're saying, I don't have enough to give what I'm supposed to, so to speak, to give the lamb, that all I have is a little bit, teeny, small amount. And God says, listen, if the Savior of the world could be born to people who couldn't afford a lamb, that God is so gracious that our Savior was brought into this world with such humble beginnings. If you were to be told that God will bring you, that this good news of great joy, that God is willing to say, wherever you're at, come, Let's go see what this is all about. Why is this news so great? Why does it bring about such joy? 
Well, what was it? What was this news all about? It was foretold about in the book of Isaiah. And so we'll look at that for a few moments. And so hopefully this morning, we're spending some time just reflecting, just thinking about what's all the commotion about. If you're online, why in this era will people be driving and coming and adoring him and singing songs about him? The pandemic, the pandemic is not an excuse for us to pay homage to him. This is why. This is what was foretold about this baby boy. Nevertheless, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, nevertheless, there was no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And the challenge is, at the right time, when there was, the people were walking in darkness, there will come such a great light that will bring about a joy that will be of such magnitude. It will be people rejoicing as when they have an amazing harvest. Here's the thing. This light has now come. You know what's interesting? We only read about a little bit of commotion with the mother and the father and the shepherds and the magi and Herod got a, a, a big fit about all this kind of stuff because he got insecure about that how his, his kingship would be uh, challenged right. here is the savior of the world and it is apparent that only a few people now the angels of heaven were singing about it but the commotion for what this grandiose event was all about it was not commensurate with the magnitude of what was going on. I ask you this question. Will you miss it again this Christmas? Will you miss what it was actually all about? You know, this great light that had come into the world was right there and then, 
And you know what the people of that age still ask this great light? You're not bright enough. Maybe you can do a few more signs so we can believe it's actually you. You know what? <clears throat> we got a problem with whom you hang out. Can you really be that one? Get this. The greatest light that have ever walked the face of the earth and some people missed it in front of their very eyes. We who are a reflection of that light. Sometimes we wonder if our light is bright enough. Listen, some people miss the light. And they wanted more signs that he was the light. But this light, when embraced, this light that's brighter than the light on your iPhone, when you're in a restaurant and you need to read the, read the, need the menu, read, need to read the menu. This light has an opportunity. And so my goal this morning is to prick your curiosity. Is to jar you a little bit. Find out that I will get you to think more about this Christ. We continue in verse, look at the description of this child in verse 6 in chapter 9. It says, for to us a child is born, for to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Do you know that that's who we worship this morning? Amen. Do you really know that? Or did we just walk in? Did we just tune in? And it's six days before Christmas, so might I, uh, this is what the church does. Or do we see the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace? And this is not a temporary kingship. It's one of permanence. Good news and great joy is what has marinated and saturates this message that was brought about in Luke and also in Isaiah that was prophesied about. Will there be no more crying or pain? 
in August. One of my friends with whom I golf contracted COVID and died. The last time we were in a room together in December 2019, before we go out every day, we usually have a devotional. And one of the brothers led a devotional and said, hey guys, just off the cuff remark. Who knows if this group will ever be together in the room again? Every year we have done this for 15 years in a row. And suddenly this odd statement comes out. 2020, we were not able to meet together because of the, the COVID. In August earlier this year, he contracted COVID and passed away. And at the funeral, as we were all gathered, all 10 of us were gathered there. I pulled the brothers together and said, Steve, do you remember the last time we got together, what your devotional was on? It was on Psalm 139 when it talked about how our days are numbered. And you asked the question, and you made the remark, are we ever going to be in this room together again? And the answer was no. We got that answer that day. The truth is, is if you are a believer in Christ and you allow the good news to resonate with you, that is actually not the end of the story. And we have a faith that is pandemic proof. It doesn't matter. When I read about this prophecy, I read about a king whose government and peace, they will need no end. Its peace does not end with racial tensions or the pandemic or financial crisis or gender inequality or weather. Do we understand? Is your eyes open as to what we are doing? And so this morning, that was my goal. That when we sing about the song and we say, come, let us adore him. That this Christmas will not be like any other Christmas. Now that's a big, big challenge. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning in whatever capacity that you're in, it's very important for us to ask ourselves the question, is this what we have come to adore this morning? And so as we take the communion in a few moments, it's a time of reflection. I want to challenge your heart this morning. I want to challenge your heart that as you look at that body and blood, the bread and wine that is emblematic of the body and blood of Christ, that you realize that we will never be able to celebrate that body and blood of Christ 
had we not had this birth and that we celebrate this today. And we get to see the movie knowing the ending. We have seen it and we know the outcome. And that this communion is unlike communions that we have ritualistically taken. I know I have. I've taken about 1,750 communions in my life. And I can tell you, there sometimes I sat there and literally was waiting for the bread to pass and the wine to pass, and my reflection on that moment, I am ashamed to say, was not one of deep gratitude and honor to the king that I worship. And I, so, I say, is there a better time in our life to reflect on Christmas than for us to use the communion to do that? I say no. I say this is a fantastic time that you pledge to this counselor, this wonderful counselor, this Prince of Peace. You pledge to him that this Christmas you will understand the good news that brings great joy in a greater way. If you're in the Florida area, certainly in Broward County, we want to invite you. There are groups that meet all over Broward County. Reach out to us. We'd love to be able to reach out to you and help you understand that when we worship and when we think about this great God, and as we reflect on this moment, that this is a Christmas like no other. Let us give thanks for the body and blood of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we're grateful for the amazing ways that you speak to our hearts, ultimately through your word and through your spirit. That, Father, we understand in a great way how you minister to us with people. Thank you, ultimately, for the death of Christ, the body that was shed, uh, broken for us, the blood that was spilled for us. I pray as we take these emblems, we really are in awe of this great good news that brings great joy. It's the name of Jesus that we pray. Thank you for the death of Christ because it meant life for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.